You're listening to the New Century Multiverse, Stone Spring Maidens. Chapter 17, Act of Creation. Gabriella, Prende, Chaumia, and Anansi. Late Winterfall through Springfall, 1884. Ganny had scouted out an old storage warehouse in the Athena Core complex. Harry paced the stone floor and stalked up to one end, then turned and sprinted back to the center of the room, culminating in a wobbling, unsteady stop. If I'm going to learn to fight, we'll need a soft surface here for me to fall onto. Because I'm going to fall a lot. We need training mats. A wide, sturdy workbench was set up on the far west wall, and beside it began a steadily growing pile of parts and materials. You're sure nobody's going to come snooping in here? They'd have no reason to. Atar and I will requisition the space for testing the Crystal Knights. That way the noises will match the cover story. Should hold if we're only doing this for a season. How are you planning on getting a strong enough upper body for this? We were thinking... Ganny, could you maybe bring across your exercise equipment from your apartment? Yeah, I can do that. And I can teach you Nakrit if you want to know how to fight. But you're going to have to put a hell of a lot of work into this. I'm prepared to give absolutely everything I've got. And you won't be the only one teaching me. An aged figure was led into the room, and Truth gently pulled the bag from over his head to reveal the grey beard and topknot of Toshiro Yagyu, who blinked under the golden strip lighting. Hurry! She rushed to embrace him. Master Yagyu! Sensei, it's, it's been so, so long. I don't know what to say. His usual calm demeanor was in upheaval. The last time I saw you, it was in a medical bay, and you did not speak to me. Now look at this. He indicated her new legs. They're magnificent. Did you make these? Harry smiled, gesturing to Penny, who stood shyly to one side. I had a lot of help. Yagyu glanced around, clocking the parts beside the table. It warms my heart to see you again, standing on your own two feet. But I have a feeling you didn't bring me all the way here to give me a hug and catch up on old times. Mr. White stole our armor, Harry said. Yagyu nodded slowly. We worked hard on that for a long time. Now, to get it back, I need to build some more. Another scorpion suit? Think bigger. We were on a path of design. The V-1 was just a torso shell of traditional armor. The V-2s were the reinforced stone spring coats we made for Mom and Dad. And uh, I guess they didn't work out too well. She trailed off here and receded into her forest, thinking back on the careful weaving of each individual ceramic plate. How they had kept Abigail and James alive. But Harry, she snapped back to reality. Mm. You did everything within your power to protect them. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. The V3 Scorpion was the full body suit. And I never got to make one better than that. Well, we're going to do it here. And I want you to help me. Yagyu sighed deeply. Do you intend to fight the man who stole from you? I do. The old man absorbed the determination behind these words gravely. 
then I must also teach you everything I know in that regard. How much time is there? Just under four months. Hmm. You will have to introduce me to everyone here, the sword and armor master said, striding towards the workbench. I will need my tools brought in, and I will need plenty of tea. So began the second most grueling period of Harry's life. I thought it would be the hardest, she told Penny one night. Because when I was told my parents were dead, I was with my friends, and they supported me, and I kind of... I kind of drifted away for a while, but but I came back around. Then when Steamheart... <laughs> she broke off. The words were too painful. They stuck in her throat. It was with extreme difficulty that she was able to finish. Died, and everything was wreckage in my life. That period was far, far worse. My friends all mostly seemed to get pulled away, and I was drifting in and out of the world. I was frozen solid. She lay on her back, sweat beaded on her forehead, before picking herself up again and stretching her arms out to the horizontal bar above her. This. She said through gritted teeth as she began another series of pull-ups that tore at her muscles and left her exhausted and on fire. This is moving forward. Over the weeks and months, Harry pursued physical strength, agility, and mastery of the new balance of her body, like an indomitable lioness chasing the world's fastest gazelle. She trained without her new legs wherever possible, negotiating her way up and around furniture and equipment without shame, no longer experiencing resentment for what was missing. She could finally go to the bathroom unassisted and relished the privacy that this brought back. The first few days of her new diet had been almost amusing. What appeared to be salmon, berries, kale, milk, sweet potatoes. By the end of the first week, she was sick of the taste of all of them. She didn't care, guzzling them down without consideration for flavor. She trained with Ganny, learning how to punch and kick, roll and throw, how to evade and counterattack. She wished Harao were here. Some time alone with the great purple cat would make her absolutely lethal. She had witnessed this principle in Miguel, so now she was following it up to see where she could develop herself. Master Yagyu taught her the handling of blades. She had no intention of using a sword, but he maintained one would be used upon her all the same. So she needed to know how to avoid getting cut, how to trap it, how to disarm. And all the times she was not training or sleeping, she was crafting her protection. The V4 suit was a true group project. Yagyu brought his knowledge of samurai armor and the ways to refine its bulkier qualities until something closer to the movements of a ninja could be achieved while wearing it. This would make it the match of the V3, but she needed more. Gani brought his know-how of crystal knights to the table and they began to work together on a third set of prosthetic legs which would attach directly to Harry and allow her freedom of movement. They must be reinforced and powered to allow her strength to support the rest of the suit, enough to move it at great speed, but heat shielded to accommodate for the highly dense and volatile ember crystals that they would install. Gani sketched out his design for how they would conjoin with her knees. 
but Harry already had an idea in mind. Inspired once again by Hrau, she laid down the plans for digitigrade cat legs that turned back on themselves, allowing for both springing and stability. Once these were constructed, she began circuit runs around the warehouse, creating a running track with objects as markers, pumping her thighs as she clanked along, refining her feet and ankle joints until they had just the right amount of bounce. On these runs, she found herself sweating so much that the crown connecting her lower legs to her brain repeatedly slid off her head, causing malfunctions and falls until it could be fastened with a flexible brace. Harry worked with Attar on the shielding, focusing on her extended forearm guards which could be used for both defence and offence. Truth fed her reports of how Abigail had been sighted fighting, using her shield abilities, and while she marvelled at what that blue orb had in fact imbued her friend with, it made total practical sense to Harry to follow that pattern. These are strengthened by your own will, Attar told her as he installed her arm shield units. The harder you push, the stronger they're going to be, and the less you'll get hurt. My will ain't breaking for anyone. This whole suit is going to be a tremendous strain on you. I'm training for this one thing. Focusing all my efforts into a lance to pierce and bust down this wall in front of me. After that, none of it matters. Anything else I get of my life is a bonus. Penny and Yagyu exchanged worried looks at this. Harry worked on the gauntlets with Penny, adjusting the power crystals to go from a delicate grip to a crushing vice. This will shatter bone if you punch hard enough. You have to be careful how you handle these. Harry flexed her armored fingers and slammed her right fist into the vertical open palm of the left. I'll be careful. Now, we have to coat every visible inch of this thing with stone spring. That's going to be tricky for a bunch of reasons. The chemicals required to make the resin are running out in Washington, like you said. We can approximate it with compounds on our side, but there's a lot to cover. I know where we can recover some more. Back in the hangar in DC, she entered late at night, hoping not to bump into Edison. He'd steal her new legs and patent them for himself. But the workshop was unusually quiet, the lighting dim. Old memories came creeping back and part of her longed to return to the safe past where she was molly-coddled in here, free to pursue whatever inventions took her fancy, entirely unaware of how disgusting the outside world could be. Stop that thought, there was no putting that genie back in the bottle. She must continue to move forward. Yanking aside the tarpaulin over the soot-blackened, shattered and abandoned hulk in the corner, she gazed through it no longer seeing the ghost of what had been, but only the bones of the past. Separating whatever plates she could find that were salvageable, she filled a small handcart, then covered Steamheart up again and left her alone in the dark. Master Yagyu strapped the breastplate to the rest of the armor, sealing Harry in. It was heavy and contained in the chest cavity a large, glowing amber crystal. Your heart is aflame. Be sure it does not burn what you love to ashes. Harry looked down at the suit she was now wearing after months of preparation. She lifted up inside it, flexing her now sculpted muscles, feeling the plates shift to her specifications. All the clever little alleyways she had arranged to accommodate for more freedom of movement than even the scorpion suit would allow. 
The headband she wore was now connected to a dozen other micro-control units around the suit, a synthesized central nervous system to give her actions the speed of thought. She knew that when she placed the helmet down over her head, a significant part of her would be hidden from the world. What would be left outside was a warrior, powerful and ferocious. The helmet enveloped her skull and she smiled wickedly inside her new shell. Nothing could harm her in here. She stood side by side with Gani, a towering black knight, all set about with shining amber stars. Her elegant yet formidable form moved with a pneumatic heartbeat and exuded a feline growl as she mimicked his actions, now curling and thrusting her arms and legs with a deadly fluidity. Yagyu bounded forward, a wooden sword swiping for her knee joints. She remembered the Wendigos tearing at her steamcraft, getting their claws into its weak spots. The sword was intercepted and shattered. She named the suit Shadow Tiger. She was ready. listening to episode 17 of Stone Spring Maidens, Act of Creation, written, edited and directed by Alexander Shaw, Truth Arlington and Penthesily Renwick, performed by Theo Lee, Harry Arlington, performed by Loretta Saylor, Ganymede Ferron, performed by Felix Quist, Atar Rubens, performed by Orion Richardson, Narration and Master Yagyu, performed by Alex Shaw, Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Black Heat, composed and performed by Ross Bugden. Jack the Lumberer, performed by Alexander Nakarada, courtesy of Free Vibes. Stone Spring Maiden's theme, Far Destiny, composed and performed by I. Sazanov of Shockwave Sound. Eastminster, composed and performed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes, including Thieves Guild, Dark City, and Steampunk Station by Tabletop Audio. If you can't support us on Patreon, but would like to contribute to this show, then a review on iTunes, or of one of the books on Amazon, would absolutely help us move forward. It takes five minutes, and it means the world. Stone Spring Maidens is available in a gorgeous paperback from Amazon.com, along with the previous nine stories from the New Century Multiverse. And the three newest, Panther Soul, Nightfall of the Wendigo, and Back in Time plus Space. You should be listening to Through the Wind Door. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. Our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Outridge, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler. Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Duran Barnett, Finn Barnicol, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, 
Mark Luksh, Marty Hui, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasko, Sarah Montgomery, Tim Wazenski, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns.